Hello and welcome to the MS Society Sleep and MS podcast. I'm Roxy, an MS advocate and podcaster. And I'm George. I'm a digital editor at the MS Society. In this episode, we're looking at two symptoms of MS that can affect sleep. That's right. We've got interviews with two experts on specific topics. Later, I'll be interviewing MS nurse Razia Khan about MS pain and sleep. But first up, we have Rihanna, who has MS, and she's chatting to bladder and bowel expert Anne Yates. Let's have a listen. Hi Anne, lovely to meet you. First of all, can you tell me a bit about yourself, your career, how you got into healthcare, the position you're currently in? Thanks, thanks for inviting me. Um, yes, how did I get into healthcare? It was a bit of um, uh, a novel way, really. I wasn't one of these people who always thought I was going to be born a nurse as such. Um, but I actually qualified as an RGN in 1989. And then since then, I undertook a BN Honours degree and a, a Master's in Advanced Nursing Practice. Initially, I worked in medical and community, and um, I, I absolutely loved that. I did. And then I took a little deviation. I went uh, to work for five years for a private company, and they actually sparked my interest in bladder and bowel care. I then returned to the Na- uh, National Health Service, and I've worked in my current role as Director of Continent Services for over 20 years. Uh, during that time, I've taken two secondments to the Welsh Government uh, to improve continence care within Wales. And I've also had been a past chair of the Association for Continence Advice Wales and sat on the national executive for six years. I'm currently chair of the All Wales Continence Forum and the All Wales Bladder Forum. And I'm the chair of the National Unplanned Admissions Consensus Committee. I sit currently on numerous national advisory boards, including the recent update for the MS consensus document and bladder pathway. And I've written many, many articles for professional journals. So my career has kind of been quite varied. So what what does a typical day look like for you? Like what, what does your job involve day in, day out? It actually varies quite greatly. Um, I still remain very clinical, so I do undertake clinics myself, and I have a dedicated team of bladder and bowel nurses within community within the area I work on in within Cardiff and Vale. I also do lots of education for not just the uh, university health board I work for, but also for pre-reg students within the university, and um, have been involved in all Wales e-learning programmes. I also do a strategic overview um, for the health board, which covers the policy audits, improvements. Um, But this is also supported by the other roles that I've mentioned that I do. But my overall aim um, is to improve bladder and bowel care and the quality of life for individuals who suffer with bladder and bowel issues. Um, So I was going to say from that, um, if it's not too strange a question, what interests you in that area? It's not a strange question to me, but uh, I can understand why it might seem strange. I see bladder and bowel care as one of the essential clinical skills for any health professional. Unfortunately, it doesn't get a very high profile. We we, we are an essential skill like breathing, eating. It, it's something that everybody does every day. And when it actually goes wrong, it has detrimental effects on the individual And I love the job I do because it's a purely kind of nursing role or and how can I say it's you can improve people's lives and quality of lives by simple interventions if you know what to do. And that is absolutely incredible, I believe. Yeah, it it really is that to improve the quality of someone's life, definitely. Um, 
going on from that, why do you think it is that uh, people with MS have issues with the bladder and bowel? What specifically is going on in their body? Unfortunately, the bladder and bowel rely on intact nerve sensations from the brain and the spinal cord to make the bladder and bowel muscles work properly. Um, And unfortunately, due to the nature of MS and the demyelination of the nerves, the signals don't always get through correctly. And this, these signals then can become intermittent or even absent. And so they they will have um, varying degrees of other symptoms for passing urine or bowels. Um, and, and it's all to do with the nerve deprivation, so the neuropathic underlying tones of the illness. However, that said, I would always say to people um, who have MS that they should always get it checked out because there are other causes as well. It's not just the MS that causes bladder and bowel issues. They can, you know, a, a gentleman can still suffer with prostate problems. So they need to have it um, investigated by a professional that knows about bladder and bowels. Yeah, definitely. I've previously suffered from from problems myself. I think it, it was down to my MS, but it was also due to water retention, stuff like that. So I do completely understand and and I know from personal experience that it can affect sleep. So, you know, what what are the common issues that people with MS face when it comes to the bladder control and, and to sleep? Yeah, well, they can they can suffer with what we class as nocturia, which means waking to pass urine during the main sleep period, and the symptoms they can have that would be um, urgency to void, so a, a, a severe need to rush to the toilet. They could have frequency to void, so what we would class as normal is four to eight times in twenty four hours. However, they could be up four to five times at night just purely in the night time. And this could be because they have a small bladder capacity or they could be in retention and the bladder is not completely emptying. They could start with hesitancy to start to void. So when they get to the toilet, they can't initiate to void. And feelings of incomplete emptying. And they could also have urinary leakage. But also the impact from that can lead to decrease energy um, in the daytime. It can affect memory problems. It can lead to increase in depression and it can increase fatigue and pain. So if you don't have a good night's sleep, it's very hard to function during the day as well. So it's important that that these things are addressed. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, it can be the case that, you know, one symptom does just really affect another and particularly sleep. And that is one of the most vital things that we need, really. So what, what kind of things can people do who have MS? How can they get help in this area? There's a number of things that they can do. And one of the first things is perhaps self-help. So look at some of the fluids they're consuming and the amount and the types that they're consuming. So, you know, we tell roughly about two litres in 24 hours, but the type of fluid you consume is quite important as well. We also say keep a healthy weight because that can affect how your blood works as well if you're carrying um, excessive weight, etc. So keep within a healthy weight and keep and, and eat a healthy diet. Avoid constipation, if at all possible, because the bowel will have an effect on how the bladder works as well. And simple things like healthy lifestyle, as in stop smoking and and things like that. But also one of the things I say to people is just note something simple, like if your legs swell up slightly during the daytime, um, 
elevate them about two hours before going to bed because what's happening is the all the fluid is collecting in your legs over the day and then when you go to bed it's being recirculated into your circulatory system and it wants you to go to the toilet then because it's it's going to the bladder if you elevate them about two hours before going to bed then hopefully that fluid will be back into the circulatory system prior to going to bed also, they can look at conservative therapies, and these can include pharmacological ones. So there are medication out there that can help with nocturia. And I'm thinking of things like desmopressin, which works by reducing the urine production. So you tend to take it prior to going to bed. Um, you go to bed, you're not allowed to drink then whilst you've taken that. And then once you have your first drink in the morning, it kind of washes out of the system, really. And then there's other medication called antimuscinerics, which tend to relax the bladder wall to make the, the bladder a better container. So you hopefully it reduces the urgency and reduces the frequency of going to the toilet. And another medication in that kind of category would be called Mirabegron, has similar kind of um, functions. Um, but then we can progress to things like Botox into the bladder and something called tibial nerve stimulation as well. But that would be after we've tried these other therapies. And the last kind of therapy I would say is probably behavioral therapy, where you would see somebody like um, a, a specialist physiotherapy that deals with either pelvic floor dysfunction or bladders and bowels. So there's a number of range of things that is out there that can help. Uh, and really, it is important to kind of uh, discuss these with 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 people or find right advice for these. Yeah, that sounds like such a variety of options that people can go go towards. One question that people with MS have asked us is how do you balance staying well hydrated and not drinking too much so that you um, don't end up with a full bladder? Should you sort of change what you drink before bed and try and reduce the trips to the toilet or maybe keep a potential diary? The important thing is to keep hydrated. Um, if you become dehydrated, that also has an effect on the bladder. It will give you far more urgency and frequency. So you need to keep hydrated. But what we normally recommend is approximately about two litres in 24 hours. But if you suffer with nocturia, then consume the two litres before. And don't have a drink about two to three hours prior to going to bed, but still consume the two litres within the daytime. Um, and the types of fluids that we would recommend is, is water is obviously best, but things like squash, absolutely fine. Decaffeinated drinks um, and kind of reduce your caffeine and alcohol intake. So basically kind of look at the things that you drink. Again, try to avoid perhaps um, concentrated uh, juices, things like that, because they can irritate the bladder. And as does uh, things like dark coloured squashes, like a black currant, they can irritate the bladder as well. But the message I want is keep hydrated, but look at consuming your drinks about the majority two to three hours prior to bedtime. Yeah, that sounds great advice. Um, now how common is it with people with MS that the kind of need to get up during the night to use the toilet. I think many of us can feel awkward about talking about these sorts of issues. And, and I wonder if people might feel better if they knew that other people with MS also have similar problems. 
Nocturia has actually been identified as one of the main causes of sleep deprivation and one of the main significant lower unitract symptoms. So it's extremely highly prevalent. Um, studies actually suggest that seven out of 10 uh, individuals are affected, and that equates to perhaps 21 to 49% of people with MS. So it is a highly prevalent condition. So one I would say is please do not be afraid of, you know, contacting somebody to discuss the issues. Um, if you have good relationships with your GPs, discuss it with them. We do state that perhaps once at night is normal, um, but any more than once at night to get up to go to the toilet, we would be looking at investigating. And that would be, um, you would probably have to complete uh, a bladder diary or a fluid balance chart, whatever you like to call them, um, just to show how many times you're indicating to go up. But also, if you have nighttime urgency, the chances are you will also have daytime symptoms as well. Mm. So following up from that uh, as well with the bowel issues, how do they impact sleep as well? Like what things can we do in order to sort of help manage and treat that as well? It's usually things like with the bowels, it's things like constipation that can lead to incomplete emptying of the bladder. If you think about how the anatomy of, 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 of the bladder and the bowel is, they are in so close proximity that if the bowel is constipated, it will stop the bladder from emptying. If that's the case and you haven't been to the toilet because you're constipated for numerous days, then you will still get the frequency and urgency during the night time as well. And also the other thing that can cause it is that unitract infections. Uh, cross-contamination from the bowel. So if you have bowel symptoms of whether you have bowel urgency or fecal leakage and any cross-contamination from the bowels, it, it can cause a unitract infection because the E. coli bacteria in the bowel is a natural occurring fl flora in the bowel. But when it's transferred over to the bladder, it will cause a unitract infection. So there are things that we can do. Maintain good bowel kind of, you know, but three times a day to once every three days is what we class as as, as normal. That's our criteria for normal. Um, a, a fairly formed but soft stool to pass, no strain in um, and no, obviously no bleeding or anything like that. So make sure your bowels are kind of under control as well. So where can people get professional support in this area if they do need it? Most services within the NHS have a bladder or bowel service. So wherever you are in the UK, there's usually a bladder and bowel service attached to your kind of whatever you call them. We call them health boards in Wales, but it, it used to be the CSCCGs, I think, in England. Um, but they've now changed, I know. Um, so but they will have services like that. But also people like your MS nurses and your GPs and your district nurses. Really, you need to find out who's got the knowledge, because what we are looking at is that do MS nurses have the knowledge of bladder and bowels and do the bladder and bowel teams have knowledge of MS? And this is something that we're looking at at the moment and trying to kind of progress that, that they do both have knowledge of both. But also other places you can get information would be like websites from like the MS uh, Society. That's a good website to look at information with, with regards to bladder and bowels. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much, Anne. This has um, been, been a great conversation and I think hopefully some people have definitely got some great advice out of it. Thank you very much for asking me. Thank you. Great job, Rihanna. Thank you, Rihanna. That was fantastic. Right, so now we have your interview, uh, Roxy, with Razia Khan, who's an MS nurse who works on the MS helpline. 
Yeah, it was really interesting to chat to her about MS, sleep and pain. Excellent. So let's hear what she had to say. Hi, Razia. Nice to have you here today. Can you first tell me a bit about yourself, how you qualified as a nurse and how you got to be an MS nurse? I started my training when I had a family member who got diagnosed with a long-term condition and I saw the value of the specialist nurses. And I've been working as an MS nurse for the NHS for about 15 years and here on the helpline I joined three years ago. So we've invited you here to talk about pain and MS. First, I'd like to know, why do we as people with MS have pain as a symptom? And how many people with MS does pain affect? Many people with MS may experience pain at some point um, through through their life, um, and this is due to the nerve damage. So they can have nerve pain. The nerve pain can be described in different ways, such as pins and needles, numbness, stabbing pain, and or the other the other type of pain that you know you you can also get is the muscle stiffness and spasms, which can be uh, can be quite painful as well. Um, there's also musculoskeletal pain, um, although that's not direct symptom of MS, uh, but it can be experienced by by some people due to the stresses and strains placed on on the body. And um, this may seem obvious, but how does pain affect people with MS, and what are some of the ways it can affect people? I know for me, mine's more neurological brain pain, like headaches. Yeah. So like many other um, MS symptoms, pain can vary. Uh, It can greatly vary um, from person to person. So some people may experience unpleasant sensations such as pins and needles um, or burning sensation. For other symptoms such as optic neuritis or trigeminal neuralgia can cause pain. Trigeminal neuralgia can cause pain around the face and optic neuritis around the eye where the optic nerve gets inflamed. So it can be it can be different for, for everybody and also the severity can be different from person to person as well. So pain obviously can affect people at any time of day. How can it affect people at night in particular? So it doesn't necessarily get worse during the night, but it can feel worse because um, there's less distractions. And, and because there's less distractions, you know, maybe you're focusing on the pain more at night time. So that could be one of the reasons. And it co- could also be if you're having any of the symptoms that's causing the pain, such as like spasms or stiffness or tremors in, in your legs, that can also make it worse. I can really relate to that. What can be done to help with pain as a symptom, particularly at night? So there's various medications um, available to manage pain. Um, So it's best to speak to your MS nurse or your GP for advice on medication that may be helpful. And also it's sometimes important to to be aware that there can be triggers as well that can make the pain worse. So ruling out um, triggers such as if there's an infection or if you're feeling um, really stressed. So those um, triggers can actually make the pain worse. So it is a case of um, looking at everything, looking at the whole situation and see what is what is the cause of this pain? Why is it why is it I'm getting this pain? And then try to deal with it with, with the advice from the MS team. Can a lack of sleep make pain feel worse due to the heightened perception of it? Yeah, so lack of sleep overall can make a lot of MS symptoms worse, especially fatigue can get worse even during the daytime if you if you don't get a good night's sleep. And it can get uh, make the pain worse during the day as well. If you know, if you are experiencing pain at night and that's keeping you awake and you're not having a, a good night's sleep. Yeah. Some people have talked to us about restless leg syndrome. What might help with that? 
So with the restless um, leg syndrome, it is best to, if you are having that symptom, best to get, get your GP to maybe refer you to a sleep expert who can then um, investigate and, and find out how bad is it? How, how bad is it affecting you? Um, because sometimes simple things like lifestyle changes can can help with the restless leg syndrome. But um, sometimes if it is worse, then it may mean that sleep experts might, um, might recommend some med- some medications such as dopamine or iron um, medication that, that can be used for restless leg syndrome. But it is best to um, get your GP to refer you to a sleep, sleep expert. Thank you. Um, Also, people we've spoken to have talked to us about fizzing legs and other sensory issues. What would be a way of dealing with that? So um, again, it, it depends how um, how it's affecting your your sleep, um, and it is a case of identifying what exactly is. Um, is making them fuzzy? Is it the unpleasant? Because with with MS, you can get unpleasant sensations from time to time, and it is a case of um, you know trying trying different trying first um, a sleep routine is good to try to you know organize a sleep routine and see if the symptoms are minimized, and if not, and if you need medication, then it is a case of speaking to the MS team about about your symptoms. I've been told that having a cool room is important for sleep. But obviously this can be tricky, particularly in the summer. So how might temper regulation affect sleep? So it is a case of keeping the keeping the um, room temperature at a, at a temperature that is good for you, um, because some some people um, have heat sensitivity, but some people may also have um, cold sensitivity. So they are sensitive to the cold. Um, so it is a case of finding out uh, which one is better for you is quite individual um, which one is better for you um, and then trying to if night time you know if you can leave a window open or keep a keep a fan on to keep keep the air cool around around you in the room um, but it is one of those things that you know it is quite individual and and you have to see what what works for you where can people get support if these are things that they're experiencing so people can um, call um, us nurses on the on the MS Society helpline, um, and they can also contact the MS team and the GP as well. Um, if if they don't have any contact with the MS team, then they can contact the GP as well for support. Thank you. And is there anything else that you think is really important? Yeah, I think it's important if you are um, if you are having any pain, it is important to get that support um, because there is support out there. There are medications that can help. So so don't suffer in silence. And get get the help that you need. Thank you so so much. This information has been really interesting, and I feel it's really important for a lot of us to know. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. What a great discussion! So that was Roxy talking to MS nurse Razia Khan. Uh, lots of useful tips there. And don't forget to check out the other episodes in the series Sleep and MS at the MS Society website and on SoundCloud, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you want more information about MS symptoms, then you can visit our website mssociety.org.uk slash symptoms. Until next time. Goodbye. Bye.